2: Today on the Zabecast, the first ever Week 18 in the NFL was not good, but it wasn't boring. A recap of the nuttiness and a word on superstition. Andy Paulin joins me to pick through the wreckage of the last gasps of the football team in their brief two years, plus LeBron James's attack on Glenn Consor. That plus, just because you have a black robe, doesn't mean you're smart. Your 45-minute uncensored Zave Express is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Monday, January 10, 2022. Thank you for downloading Week 18, the first ever in the history of the NFL. Week 18 is winding down. And like I said, it was some bum-ass football for a good portion of the afternoon, but it wasn't boring, and it got very interesting in the witching hour on about three different games. But starting with the Packers, look, they lose to the Lions. My mom, I called her up today, and she's like, why'd you guys lose? And I'm like, it didn't matter, Mom. (laughs) But I love that she keeps an eye on the Packers games And I love that she now says, you guys. I think that's funny. Packers lose to the Lions. Rodgers played a half. Adams played a half. No Adam Jones. Uh, No Devondre Campbell. Bakhtiari back, though, at left tackle. That's huge. He played about a half, then got pulled. Said he was winded more than anything else. Josh Myers, their rookie center, came back as well. Adams got the single-season yardage record from Jordy Nelson record quote unquote you know all these records set in week 18 in a 17 game season well we're gonna have to talk about this and try to figure it out it'd be very easy just to convert all the records quote records into a per game basis so you want to do a who holds the record for most yards per game in an NFL season but then you'd have to qualify it with well do you have to play all the games in the season do you have to play the full slate or not And with COVID these last couple of years, a lot of players didn't play through no fault of their own. But anyway, that's a discussion for another day. Other than that, nothing else mattered. There was a bravado, though. There was a toughness emanating from Matt LaFleur and the Packers that basically said, we're not going to be afraid. In fact, Adams himself said, if you're scared, go to church. You could get hurt, get in the mail which is the dumbest argument ever because it takes no assessment of the relative risks, be like saying, well, of course I'm going to juggle chainsaws on Sunday morning. I thought it would be fun, and how hard can it be? And besides, you could lose your arm walking across the street. Risk is relative. I wouldn't have played this game with anyone that mattered just because I don't think that come two weeks from now, they're going to be in this great, wonderful, incredible rhythm playing against a quality playoff opponent when the tempo is 110% instead of 85% or whatever the tempo was today in that game. I just don't believe it. I don't believe that one half of no thank you, basically preseason football, is going to carry over for two weeks. But there was a bravado, and there was also... An unwillingness to admit that, yes, the Packers were scared. They're scared of losing that first game at home after such an incredible season, not having played this game legit. They were scared of the superstition. They were scared of what happened 10 years ago when they went 15-1 and they sat everybody and Oh my God, we lost to the Giants. We must not have been in sync. It's superstition is all it is. And I don't believe in it. In fact, not only am I not superstitious, I'm not even a little stitious, Michael Scott. But it'd be nice if at least they'd admit it, saying, yeah, we're going to play Rodgers and Adams because we're kind of superstitious. We don't want to offend the football gods. But to think that, oh, that one half of football against the Lions, the now three-win Lions, is going to translate or carry over or somehow be the magic sauce that helps them win that first playoff game at Lambeau, you're crazy. Even if they came out rusty and they went two straight three and outs on offense, they'd get their legs under them at some point. You wouldn't lose the game because you're a little bit out of swords or a little bit rusty because you, you took three weeks off instead of two weeks off before the game. It's nonsense. But my God, people believe in it, especially coaches. Week 18 headlines. Unimaginable Colts collapse to a two-win Jaguar team with an interim coach and a clown out. (laughs) That's incredible. There was like a 1,000 fans that dressed up in full clown suits with rainbow wigs, red nose, to protest the continued existence of their general manager, Trent Balky. Balky! (laughs) And... They were there in force, and somehow, for some reason, the Jaguars showed up and played their asses off. And the Colts and Carson Wentz went down in flames. Carson Wentz is going to get killed for this. This was the bad Carson Wentz. This was the Carson Wentz that makes you say, we can't play him as QB1, much less give up a first-round pick for him, which the Colts will have to do to the Eagles this winter. Oofa. Speaking of clown outs and clown shows, the woofed beats the Giants after their coach, Joe Judge, said, we're not some clown show outfit. Oh, really? It was so bad at one point, the Giants ran a quarterback sneak on third and nine from their own five. Third and nine, not third and twenty-six. It was even worse when I found out they ran a quarterback sneak on second and nine or second and 10. They might have gained a yard. I have never in all my years of watching football, including the many years now watching football one, two, three fists at a time in front of the five-hour Energy Dome screens, I've never seen that, and pretty much nobody else has either. When Dan Orlovsky is clowning the shit out of you, you know it's bad. Here was the nicest guy in the world, the nicest guy at ESPN, Dan Orlovsky mocking the Giants relentlessly.
3: Just brilliance by the Giants. It's third and nine. You get out there in jumbo personnel. You know the Washington football team's probably gonna match in their jumbo personnel defense as well. They'll never think, let's go quarterback sneak, even sell the formation, because there's no way that they think you're actually gonna do that. There's there's absolutely no way that a four-win team on the last game of the year is actually gonna run quarterback sneak. This is brilliant by the Giants. The the football team defensive, oh they ran quarterback sneak. (laughs) I gotta rewind. I want to make sure that my uh, They actually ran quarterback sneak (laughs) on third and nine. That's embarrassing.
2: Uh, It is embarrassing, to be sure. So the Wolfed. oh, and by the way, Jake Fromm fumbled just throwing a pass. Wasn't even hit. Ball just came out of his hands. My God, they must. He sucks so bad, it's hard to even get your head around it. So the Wolfed wins, and they win seven games for the second straight year with Ron Rivera as their head coach. And their name will be changed. We'll talk more about that more with Andy Pollan in just a second here. It's a bit deceiving, though, because like last year's seventh win, in which the Eagles turtled and quit and Doug Peterson got fired, this is a team that ran quarterback sneak back-to-back plays at their own five because they were terrified of their own QB, Jake Fromm, throwing the ball forward in any way, shape, or form. So really, the Wolf is coming off back-to-back six-and-a-half win seasons. And this six-and-a-half is even worse because it came over 17 games, not 16. They don't have a QB one. It's not going to be easy to get one. And the win doesn't help them either in terms of draft position. It's bleak, but they'll get a new name. And the stadium, they finished last in attendance. So there's that as well. Big Ben rallies the Steelers and the time again was alive going into Sunday night. Now, I record this prior to the Sunday night game. I said that if the Rams or if, if the Chargers and the Raiders actually engaged in a prisoner's dilemma type solution where they go, hey, theoretically, I should want to kill you, but if we both cooperate, we get out of here alive. If they were To just play footsie for 60 minutes and end in a voluntary tie. It would be one of the most unsportsmanlike, egregious things. The league needs to make sure both teams know, we're not going to have this. If this game looks funny, you guys could be penalized. Multiple first round picks, both of you guys. Don't do it. But it would make the most sense because the loser will be out and the Steelers will be in. I said... I'm rooting for Big Ben right now. I don't know how you can't. And, of course, the people came out with the whole sexual assault takes on Twitter and everything else. Okay, people. At some point, I didn't say, I think Big Ben's the greatest guy in the world and I'd like him to babysit my grandkids. I just said I'm rooting for him because I thought it was a good story. So that was a hell of a game right there. Best game of the early slate. The Titans got a huge lead, and then long-necked Davis Mills and the Texans showed some life and made it very, very interesting. It was a huge play, though, by Tannehill on what looked like a sack as they had just closed the lead to 21-18. That led to a big play, and then they scored a touchdown to Julio Jones, who I ripped on last week about saying, Look at how little they got out of Julio Jones for the amount of money and the draft picks they gave up to get him. So the Titans are the number one seed in the AFC, and they remain long odds to win the Super Bowl because of, well, the fact nobody believes in Tannehill. That said, King Henry's coming back. Mike Vrabel's maybe the best coach, not named Belichick. Interesting. Vikings beat the Bears after the game. Mike Zimmer was asked, have you had any further clarification on your job status he said no and then asked the reporter and i haven't had any on yours either <laughs> what a dick i wish you, the guy would have said all right cool you got any pictures of that girlfriend of yours can you text them to me the browns beat the Bengals in a game that also didn't matter saturday vic fangio you moron vic fangio can't math And he's a coward. He's now been fired. He kicked it on fourth and nine at the plus 13, down seven, four and a half to go at home when you're playing an explosive offense in the Chiefs. Oh, and by the way, you've been knocked out and you know you're going to be fired. What on earth are you doing? Hey, but it helped cover the spread, so... There's that. And the Cowboys routed the Eagles playing many of their starters the entire game. They put up a 50-burger. Maybe that'll help them feel confident going into their first playoff game of the postseason. All right. There's a quick rundown. Afternoon games are, are going on right now. And uh, they did not make today's edition of the cast, nor did the Sunday night game. But that's just the way it goes. All right. Let's check in with our man, Andy Poland. Hello. Well, as I always say, Andy, are you not entertained? You not entertained? <laughs> you not entertained? What oh, a finish. Yeah. I was saying how early in the day, the games were some Bama ass, boring football. It got kind of interesting in the early games. And man, the Niners and the Rams just put on a classic.
3: Yeah, that was that was tremendous. But you know, the way things were unfolding while this is going on, it turned out to be irrelevant for the Rams that it did. they lost. Yeah.
2: It bait Well, no, not irrelevant. They dropped below the uh, Buccaneers. Okay, as but, the two seed. So there were seeding but, considerations. They still won the division though.
3: Yeah, and, and the home field seems to mean less and less every year in the playoffs. Just, just anecdotally. I mean, maybe that's not the case. Yeah, but no, I, I, think,
2: right. I think it is. Uh, there's no doubt. It was extremely low last year because there was no fans. Right. So that made right. a huge difference. I, I think, you know, as you heard from the fans at SoFi, that stadium like Jerry World and like Vegas has become a tourist destination. So it's mm-hmm. always going to be kind of a split crowd. There was a ton yeah. of Niner fans down there,
3: right? Who has the home field advantages now? The Packers, yes, they have um, home field
2: throughout, and that's a true home field too.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay, but I'm saying more or less, more meaning when you play home games during the regular season, where is it meaningful?
2: Oh, right. Yeah, I would say, well... Not many places. Not many places. Green Bay is tough because, one, when the weather turns nasty, they're more used to it than you are. And also, it's, you know, tickets are hard to come by. Right. They can't show up. Yeah, Yeah. so there there, there is not... And it's also not easy to get there. Not a lot of hotel rooms. It's the second most northern outpost of the league besides Minnesota. Small town. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so... It, the playoffs are set, and we're going to talk about it, and uh, I got a lot of other stuff to run you through, including this Glenn Consor thing Boy. with LeBron James. What a fucking dick LeBron James is, but I expect nothing less from him, so yeah. we'll go uh, get into that as well, but first, let's put the Washington football team to bed. I don't think I've talked to you since they revealed the possible names, have I?
3: No, uh, well, the, the, you mean the date for when they're going to the reveal date, the name?
2: The date and the finalists, the names and all the speculation that has occurred. What is yeah. your take on that,
3: Andy? I know you've said, I don't really care what they're called. Just just get it over with. Now, here's, here's what I did see in the last couple of days, which leads me to believe it is going to be the commanders. Um, Michael Phillips had this Richmond Times-Dispatch, and the video that they put out, as they were announcing it on the Today Show, that they were going to announce it on the Today Show. Right. They had they had made this, these papers that Jason Wright was holding while he was talking to Ron Rivera fuzzy. But when they re-ran that on their Redskin show or whatever it's called now, yeah. uh, they did not. And there's a clear shot of commanders on that sheet of paper. Are you now, kidding some, me? Now, some are saying, you know, they're running a misdirection play. They're not uh, that fooling. smart. Exactly. These guys are schlemels. So so, I I would say at this point, it looks like and also uh, there was a shot where there was a reflection of the helmet that Jason Wright was holding in Ron Rivera's office on a window in the office that made it look like it was a commander's logo. So that's what it like. But it, it didn't like say,
2: myself. I saw that, that uh, ghosted image in the, in the reflection. It didn't say yeah. commanders. Could have also been the admirals. I, I just, admirals to me would be such a miss. It's like we're not identified as a seafaring town. Yeah. You <laughs> know, and I know right we're there. military. I know the Navy's down the road, but
3: admirals really or- yeah, yeah, all and right. So should have been monuments. Monuments would have been good with me, but eh, the it's monuments.
2: Okay. Yeah, and the monuments win their third in a row. Boy, yeah. they're standing tall as Mont. Uh, really? Okay,
3: Commanders. Okay. Really, <laughs> Commanders? Is that is that so great either? You
2: know? No, but it's uh it's suitably generic. It's suitably down the middle. It's suitably uh-huh. non offensive. And so it's going to be a name and they're going to have logos and new gear and uniforms, this, and it'll distract from the fact that they're a bad football team for a
3: while. Yeah. Well, yeah. And for for, and they have been for a long time, Uh, are they going to get remarkably better in a year with a new name? I don't think so, but no,
2: fine. No, they've got, they've got the biggest challenge of every team has is finding a QB1. And with yeah. the win, they drop themselves down to 11 in the draft. It's unlikely you'll, p- you'll pick a good quarterback naturally at 11. Right. Yeah. So they'd have to spend assets to get up, and yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to be good. And they've got other challenges as well. It, they're not as talented as some who cover the team think.
3: Right. Well, it, 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 there's a competent coach, that that's that's something new. They haven't had that in a long time.
2: But, but how uh, good is he? He's just not, not a clown. He's not a Jay Gruden. He's not a Jim Zorn. We've been well, spoiled. Okay. The bar the bar is low. <laughs> you know <laughs> that is the
3: problem. <laughs> and, and even when they've had Mike Shanahan comes here dangling two Super Bowl trophies. How'd that work out? You know, doesn't really seem to matter who comes in. I look
2: so, at the I look at the truly plus coaches in this league: Belichick, Vrabel um uh what's his name in indy right uh, uh frank reich although reich.
3: He, oh, oh, oh how'd that work out for he had
2: today? a bad day but overall he's a plus coach look he got the colts right to the edge with carson wentz um right. kyle is a plus coach McVeigh's a plus coach obviously lafleur is a plus mm-hmm. coach despite the fact he has aaron Rodgers. i mean basically ron rivera is middle of the middle of the pack if not slightly minus in my opinion but he's right, not a but- clown and right. he's a and, suitable and, face for the franchise.
3: Right, and and given what this franchise is, who's clamoring to come here? Nobody, right? Well, and I don't,
2: th- and they're going to have money to spend, but that that is not yeah. where you get good buying no. guys. We've learned no. that over the years. It just no, no. doesn't happen.
3: The, the The free agent pickups that they've had, guys like Logan Thomas, they've been cheap, and those have worked out. The ones they've spent money on, like Curtis Samuel, that didn't work out, you know, or at least it hasn't so far.
2: So the name change, somebody asked you on Twitter, when was the last time a team changed their name without moving or without becoming an expansion team replacing a since-departed team?
3: Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, the Titans who became the Jets in like 62, 63. The New York Titans. Yeah, New York Titans. and uh, Was that, that was true? As really, think? I think so I think okay. so um, well I mean you, you also had like the the in the NBA the maneuvering of the, the hornets or were not the hornets and they left and then they became the hornets again I, you know <laughs> I, it's hard to keep track.
2: Right, the new the new Charlotte team became the Bobcats because Bob yeah, Johnson right. owned them, and then they're like, that name sucks, and nobody's using Hornets, so let's take that yeah. back.
1: Right, uh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah.
2: So, all right. Well, anyway, I love how uh, our friend Joe Theismann, Sunshine Joe, <laughs> had to tweet at the end of that game. At least we ended on a positive note, and I just oh, yes. <laughs> I just tweeted at you. I'm like, that's our boy, Sunshine Joe.
3: Sunshine Joe. <laughs> you know, uh, Ron Rivera slighted him this week. How? Because, well, they, they ask Rivera every week about franchise quarterback, you know, and it, it's, it must be kind of weird for Heineke and that, you know, this conversation goes on nonstop. Well, when are they going to find a quarterback? Well, he did start 15 games for him, but OK, reality is they need a new quarterback. So they asked Rivera, well, can you win without one? And then he went to, well, look at this franchise they won three Super Bowls with guys who, you know, weren't here as longtime starters, you know, seven, eight, nine years. Well, in fact, Joe Theismann was the starting quarterback from 1978 to 1985, and I don't think missed a game until he broke his leg. It's the so, longest uh,
2: run we've had, you know, and I've gone through this list. The second longest run was Kirk, Yeah, you know, and then he you became, know, you know, everyone's famous excuse for why they're not even better. Is because it's Kirk that's <laughs> holding him back. So, and they're using that now in Minnesota as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Joe T, the quarterback of my youth, and he is just relentlessly positive. They still don't give him enough work in the organization, even though you know he would want it.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> Joe's Joe's in his seventies now. Um, I don't know if that's something. You know, what kind of work would you give him? Well, how you broadcast know, does work?
2: Shit, well, they let they let Sonny and Sam. Broadcast into embarrassment at their ages.
3: But they how also Joe is had still the, sharp. They also had that that great run. Well, you know, this is a Julie Donaldson call. And did she take herself out of the booth to do that? I don't know. I no. don't think so. So I don't know.
2: That said, at least we're not the Giants. Oh, Holy God. shit. Who in your this guy? In your life, Andy, have you ever seen a team run two quarterback sneaks no, on no. second and third and long in their own territory, out of cowardice at how bad their quarterback is, they're afraid to even let him throw.
3: If, if I were the owner of the Giants, I would have gone down to the locker room at halftime and I would have fired Joe Judge there. And then I would have gone to the PA announcer and said, I know there's not many people here. Ladies and gentlemen, here, ladies
2: and gentlemen, uh, the coach has been fired.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: that would be the people at home oh, in God. New York. We're paying attention. All right, this—I mean, I don't know what he did—an 11-minute speech last week about how his team didn't quit. They lost by 26 points.
2: Oh um, yeah, yeah. He, here he was last week. I've never seen a clown shoe out-talk his own competence by as wide a margin as Joe effing Judge.
3: This ain't a team yep. that's having fistfights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else. Okay. You talk about the foundation built, some of the things that the, the toughest thing to change in a team, the toughest thing to change in a club is the way people think. You understand that? That's the toughest thing. You can get new players. You can in your damn locker room all you want. you got to change how people think. And you got to change how they, how they believe. What you- <laughs> I, right. Like
2: this guy <laughs> is so detached from the reality of what's going on.
3: It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they had what are they Ten yards passing? A, 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 Ten yards passing? Right. That's that's impossible. You know,
2: you know what? The, you know what? It reminds me of the Mad TV skit about the delusional football coach.
3: So uh, it was a close game, and I think the score shows that. Yeah. Uh, coach, the score was ninety-three to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a record for
2: points allowed. Do you want to comment on that? Points mean nothing to me, you,
3: you know? Yeah. All yeah, I care that's about right. is putting one in
2: the win column, you know?
3: If we can win without scoring any points, okay, good game, fine, you know? And if not, hey, whatever. Is there anything you would have done differently? Not a thing. No. No. You stick to the game
2: plan. Yeah, don't change that's it it. in the
4: middle of the game just because you're down 40 or 50 points. Yeah, coach, can you explain why in the second quarter uh, you had Greg
3: Graciano attempt a 98 yard field goal? Yeah. <laughs> Simple. I thought he
4: could make it. Well, <laughs> he more than before? Not to my knowledge. That's it. Coach, yeah. in the second quarter you set your defense on the field heart. with only three players. Absolutely. What happened there? That was a trick
3: play. We were supposed to surprise him. Didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are those three linemen doing? I can't comment until I've notified their families. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, Joe, Joe Judge, Judge,
3: after the game, he, he I didn't hear him after the game. No. Yeah, no, he defended <laughs> what they did there. And he said we were looking to get some room so we could punt, and we accomplished that. Now, they did stop Washington. Washington's offense was so bad they that they bad. didn't take advantage of it on that off the punt, but but he said, no, no, I mean he, he he said it like they did exactly what they wanted to do there.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> All right, now on to La Faire du Consor. This was Glenn Consor, who normally does color on radio for the Wizards, right. was doing a TV game, right? Mm-hmm. And this, this why
3: because guys were out with COVID. I think so. Drew Gooden normally does the games. Okay, uh, color. So it was, it was he was Consor was doing. All yeah. right, here was his comments about a game-winning
2: shot from one Kevin Porter Jr. of the Rockets. What a well-designed play, and um, you got to give credit. Kevin Porter Jr., like his dad, pulled that trigger right at the right time. All right, LeBron James got wind of this from one of his minions and then went nuts because apparently there was two Kevin Porter, Kevin Porters, or two Kevin Porter Juniors, actually two Kevin Porter Seniors, Mm-hmm. in the nba one played for the bullets slash wizards the other one played for i forget who but the other I don't one think he played okay i don't think the father played right you know? so in other words the father of this kevin porter actually went to jail for basically killing a girl who was 13 years old by shooting her in the head pretty bad yeah, deal was, got out, of, played, jail, was, got out, out of jail got out of jail yeah manslaughter uh, but then got out of jail and was murdered himself right. lebron james then said quote Oh, he thought this was cool, huh? Nah, we ain't going for this. Sorry, but this ain't going to fly. How insensitive can you be to say something like this? Beat it, man. That's LeBron's call to fire him. Mm -hmm. I pray for you, but there's no place in our beautiful game for you. Glenn instantly issued an apology saying he had no idea that it was not the Bullets, Kevin Porter Jr., and meant nothing by the term pull the trigger. That was not enough for LeBron, who then doubled down and tried to go point by point, saying, hey, he never mentioned that any other time during the broadcast, and also said, you've got to do your due diligence and know your players. All right, Andy, I'll let you take it from here.
3: That point was correct. He, he, he should have done his due diligence, and uh, if, if I were Glenn in that situation, I would have seen the name Kevin Porter Jr., and I would have said, hmm, well, that's interesting. I wonder if that's the son of. Right. Because there's a storyline. The Rockets play here only once a year, right? They're a Western team. So before the game, I would have done either a quick Google search or I would have asked the uh, Rockets PR guy. Uh, But I, I would have done that. So that's where his failure was. But if you think that he knew that Kevin Porter Sr. went to jail for shooting someone and was shot himself, and said what he said, you're high. He didn't. It was was an honest mistake. It was a mistake he shouldn't have made, but it was not made because he thought, oh, this will be cute. I'll use the word trigger in relation to Kevin Porter Jr. for hitting a shot.
2: Yeah, it's insane to think. I mean, I know how these broadcasters are. They're afraid of their own shadow these days. And they would never be like, oh, watch, this is going to be a great super inside joke that nobody in the world knows. That's the other thing. It's an inside joke if anyone knew that his dad went to jail for manslaughter and then was killed himself. So it's com- do it. completely nuts. Yeah. Now, since this has happened, has Ted Leonsis come out and supported his guy?
3: No. The only thing was there Fucking was a story. Coward. There was a story. First, there was a story done. I think it was Scott Allen in the post of, as to what happened, and he got a comment from the team that Glenn was not going to be removed from the broadcast. He went back to doing radio. I think he's doing radio tonight. He did radio in their last game. Uh, And then Candace Buckner uh, did a great column on this, just excoriating LeBron for, you know, rushing to judgment, no context, anything else. And uh, so that, that, that was helpful. But there should have been a statement from the teams that we have talked to Glenn uh, this is not something that, uh, we we, we think should happen, but you know, just, just some type of support that, that he didn't do it in a malicious way. He did it by accident. That's, yeah. that's what I think needed to be said by the organization.
2: LeBron James, who, you know, is quick on the trigger on all kinds of things, including mm-hmm. the one police officer who unfortunately had to shoot a teenage girl who was attacking another teenage girl who happened to be black with a knife. And remember, he's like, oh, hell, you're next, you know, in the wake of the uh, George Floyd thing. And, of course, there was never any charges brought against that officer. He did what he had to do. And this is the same LeBron James who claimed somebody painted a slur on his fence. But then the workers painted over it so quickly, no one ever got to see it. and There was never a photo of it. This guy is a grade A phony of the worst kind.
3: It's, well, he's, he's, yeah. he's got, he's, I mean, what does he have, 8 million followers? Something 50, like that. 50, 50, mil- million 50 million followers. So he knows that by just a few taps of his thumbs, yeah. he can create this instant reaction around the world. And it's, it's, it's power that, you know, maybe he's earned in some respects, but he's abusing it.
2: He's abusing the power. You know, the day that he's no longer the face of the league, I'll feel a lot better. Because I don't deny how great a player he is. But, goddamn, I cannot stomach this guy. It's too bad because he is the face of the league while he's still playing. Well, uh, that, he's, said, he's, that said, Ted Leonsis, yeah. I didn't say he was a bad guy. I said, I can't stand him as the face of the league. That said, okay. Ted Leonsis, bad guy. Bad guy, won't support his own men, won't support shit. his own guys that absolutely pimp his shit product year in, year out <laughs> like Glenn Gonser, just like he did in back Buckhands who did the same thing. Thank God I don't work for Ted and will never work for that guy.
3: Yeah, he uh, he he hid behind uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, head of Comcast or whatever it was at the time, who took course, the report. Course, but yeah, that, that that was a uh, yeah. You, you, you got to back your people, especially a guy like Consor has been doing games for him for like seventeen years, something like that. You know, yeah. so that's ridiculous.
2: It reminded me though, and thank God it doesn't seem to be fatal for Glenn, but uh, other fatal innocent mistakes in broadcast sports history, like Doug Adler, the ESPN tennis commentator who said uh, Venus Williams was using guerrilla tactics, Mm -hmm. G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A, meaning attacking the net, fired, sued the network. I think he won in the end.
3: Uh, Didn't get his job back, though. No, he did not, and had a heart attack. over. Yeah, because of
2: the stress of it. Uh, The Kings announcer tweeted at Boogie Cousins, all lives matter. He got fired. Ben Wright, CBS golf commentator, once gave an interview to a, like a golf magazine in which he said the problem with women is their boobs get in the way of their swing. Fire. Yeah, well,
3: that was that was schmucky.
2: That was really stupid. All right, did should he have been fired for it? Yeah, probably. That oh fuck stupid. you, Andy. <laughs> You're the worst. Uh, Mike Greenberg uh, once said Martin Luther. I won't even repeat it. Day. Yeah. Rhymes with moon and then. Went into full on hyper backpedal mode. He also once said, So, wait, if the term man up, what's the opposite? Woman down? And then <laughs> Aunt B <laughs> uh, wrote a column about it and he was freaking out, Mike
3: Greenberg. Well, he's, you know, he's, he's Mr. Uh, management's boy. I mean, you know, his, his great skill to me is his ability to get management to like him. Oh Uh, yeah, very successful with that over the years.
2: All right. Meanwhile, I want to ask you about this. Boomer Asayson on Friday uncorked this doozy on his morning (laughs) radio show on WFAN regarding Aaron Rodgers. You want
3: to read it? I could read the whole thing if you want me to. Go ahead. Also, Gio,
2: Greg Giannotti.
3: Yeah. Boom. The Rodgers saga continues to get crazier and crazier. I've been told by multiple people in Aaron's direct circle that if the Packers make the Super Bowl, he will use the week leading up to the Super Bowl to prove a major point. He will threaten the NFL by saying he won't play in the big game or next season if they don't eliminate some of the COVID-related rules. One big one that upsets him the most is the testing of non-symptomatic players. He's told Jordan Love to be ready. Like you said, he's got to make it first, but Super Bowl week will be set on fire and send Goodell in a frenzy Navigating the situation. Now, can I say what what area of the country this is from? I mean, who are we protecting really here sure. at this point? I, I mean, okay. So it's yeah, of a- course you want it, out, right? I mean, you want him to. <laughs> I mean, I thought Boomer
2: Asayson was better than this.
3: Well, I think I think what happened was he did get a text from somebody who he thought was a very credible source but i think somebody got a hold of a telephone number or something because you know i i think he is smarter than that i don't think he would put it out there unless it came from somebody he thought you know for sure now it's a ridiculous idea How about the I mean, fact
2: that he handed his phone to his co-host and yeah. let him read his phone showing yeah. you that he was too cowardly to put his own voice to it
3: well, th- this is this is something that Phil Mushnick writes about all the time. He says there's morning boomer and there's weekend boomer, and uh, and so he he tries to be a little bit edgy in the mornings, and you know plays it down the middle when he's on the weekend show with JB and that group on uh, on CBS. So you know, I thought maybe yeah, he was trying to distance himself from. would you guess.
2: think? Wouldn't you think that he's part of the quarterback club, the fraternity, and he wouldn't repeat something so stupid because rogers had a field day with it him right. and the rest of the quarterbacks were joking about it love and Bankert.
3: well i, I would i would think that boomer who actually did play in a super bowl yeah. would say this is absolutely ridiculous i right. got 52 other guys in the locker room and i'm gonna let them down at the biggest moment of their careers no not gonna happen this that's why
2: i asked you i thought boomer was better than this i guess i not. did too
3: I did too. I don't I don't get it. I, unless it's just, you know, trying to drum up some some, you know, drama on the radio. I don't know. Uh, maybe right. he thinks radio so stupid he can just do stuff like that. I don't know. Uh
2: meanwhile, were you ever one of the thoughts and prayers guys for Antonio Brown after he jogged off the field shirtless no. last week?
3: No, right. no, no, no. You you made a deal. You made a deal <laughs> with the devil. Now it worked out last year. They won a Super Bowl and he was a key player and then winning that
2: but and, that said, and, there was a lot of T's and P's people out there trying to go, oh, I'm so sensitive to mental health. And I'm like, no, he's an asshole. Stop yeah, getting you... fooled for this. And then this week, I got two bites to play for you. Uh, here's one about what he's really mad about.
4: If, if Tom Brady's my boy, why am I playing for earnest oh, yeah. salary? Yeah. Right. You my boy, though, right? Right. Gronkowski is boy, right? Right. How much did he get paid? Significant amount. Damn. All right, so so why is A B on approval deal? Who's better than me over there? Let's be real. Right, but don't no, no, you... no. Let's no. Let's not not be right. Let's be honest. This is the podcast I'll be real. to be real. Right. be real. Who is the best guy over there? Since you guys know football, who for is sure, it? For sure, Who's the best guy over on that team? No, no AB. Football receiver wise, who is the guy that get it popping? It's I mean, I think it's a combination of all you guys. I think it was AB. nomination combination, no, no. nah. dude. <laughs> e-
2: even his own kiss asses on this podcast, the full well, set
3: podcast. No, it's always important to bring a flunky. And he, ha- and he had, had three had flunkies. A, a primo one. <laughs> no, no. One of, the, one of the guys who was, was leading and was trying to make a point. Like, you know, it was, t- it was trying to make some sense. But the guy who was sitting to his left was just, he was on the payroll. Oh, yeah. He he's like,
2: man, yeah, man, you're the best, man. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, these yeah. fucking enablers. That's all he's had his whole career. Right. That's why he but, keeps trying but, to take advantage of people. He's got too he's many people talent, going, right. you're the best, man. You're getting a raw right. deal here.
3: If they were worried about mental health, believe me, there were warning signs before this (laughs) happened that they chose to ignore because they just looked at the schedule. All right, just a couple more regular season games, a few playoff games, another Super Bowl, and uh, we can move on from him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this one.
4: If it was about money, don't you think I would have stayed in the game on a bad ankle? For sure. Yeah, of course. Could I have a moment of silence for Antonio Brown, one of the greatest football players of all time? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> this guy is a absolute world-class narcissist.
3: Will he play for somebody this playoffs? No. It's over. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. You can't bring him in. You, you, because, because of the, the volatility that he brings you into the locker room, that you're already in the playoffs. So you're, you're taking the chance that, yes, he can be great and he can be the one that puts you over the top, but he can also blow the whole thing up.
2: Right. Yeah, I hear you. Two media notes and then we're out. Um, This one, I'm sure you had a thought on. The Athletic has been sold to the New York Times for five hundred and fifty million dollars. Back in the day in 2017, when they just started up, Alex Mather, co-founder said, we will wait every local paper out and let them continuously bleed until we're the last one standing. We will suck them dry of their best talent at every moment. We will make business extremely difficult for them. Oh, that is rich in retrospect.
3: Yeah, that, that wasn't going to happen, but they played their cards right because they did wind up with a profitable experience, even though they went in the hole to do this. What did they, and- what did
2: they, what did they raise money-wise?
3: Uh, I heard it was like a hundred and forty million dollars, and what did they, they spend on salaries and acquisitions? And I think that was like another hundred million, but it was a, it was a five hundred million dollar purchase. And what from what I read, the reason it makes sense for the New York Times is they're bringing in over a million subscribers, and the New York Times is looking to get over the ten million hump. And so it was
2: a decent exchange. But what happens to all the athletic guys, including our friend I, David Aldridge?
3: I think they're going to run it as a separate business. You don't think they're going to slash it to the bone, huh? No, I fold think fold it use, into their own New York Times. No, they'll use some of the some of the resources to, for their coverage, but I think it's a separate business. I, I do. I think, and, and they'll take the credit. It's like buying followers for for you know for Twitter or Instagram. Is I guess what they did.
2: Yeah. I guess, and also this new. A rod Manning cast if there's a baseball season. Oh God! uh, God (laughs) with Michael fucking K. Oh, that is going to be. Who who gives a shit about Michael K outside of New York City? Nobody.
3: Look, look, first of all, you you have to be interested in watching the actual baseball game that they're doing this for. (laughs) So it's different for Monday Night Football, but for a random Sunday night game that you're not even going to watch. If you're interested at all in the game, you're going to watch the actual broadcast of it. Now you're going to watch an alternate broadcast with a guy who is a complete bum, a liar to the core, a yeah. guy who cheated the game, and, you know, the Yankees announcer? That's the, No, the Mannings are special. They right. have unbelievable chemistry. They're you, you, <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, they're good people. They're fun. Yes. They're funny. A-Rod's not funny. Oh, He's God. a jerk. Yeah.
2: And then there's this uh, sports media uh, or as sports ratings, media. So I forget who reported this. Um, live sports in 2021
3: yeah, I
2: saw that. accounted for 94 of the top 100 U.S. TV broadcasts of the year. Not yep. just... Of the, you know, sports, but NFL had 75 of the top 94 that were sports. Olympics had 10, college football had seven, college basketball had two, and the NBA had zero. Yeah,
3: yeah. And somehow... Major League Baseball had zero. Zero. Yeah, but somehow broadcasting has made those two sports profitable. Um, I, I don't really get it, but anybody who wants to do the old, oh, the NFL ratings are tanking, they better watch out. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah, <laughs> They are, as, as, as Meyer Lansky once said and uh, was, was done in, in who Godfather Who
2: is Who was Meyer Lansky?
3: He was a Jewish gangster and who said about the mafia, We're bigger than U.S. steel. And
2: that's what they are. (laughs) Well, and uh, somebody page Mark Cuban who once said, Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered about the NFL 20 years ago.
3: Yeah. That hog, not now.
2: That NFL hog is turning into Hogzilla and it's terrorizing (laughs) every other league in America.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, alternate broadcasts with the Mannings are out drawing, you know, other major sports. It's crazy.
2: Uh, will we see Taya Palooza tonight between the Raiders and the Chargers, yes
3: or no? I hope so. I hope I hope Goodell has to answer to that.
2: Really? You hope
3: so? Yeah. You don't yeah, think it I'd would like be see-
2: a miscarriage of sportsmanship unlike anything we've ever seen?
3: Right. It would be, but it would be interesting to watch okay. Roger Goodell squirm and try and lie his way out of that one.
2: Well, you know, we want our teams to play for a win if possible. It's better yeah. for our communities. Fuck sure. off. All right, Andy, as always, a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk next week. Bye, Zay. Take care. All right, there you go. We'll end on this. Just because you're on the Supreme Court doesn't make you smart. What a depressing Friday it was for anybody on Team Reality or anybody with a basic brain or anybody who at least wants to respect the legal jurisprudence and the intellectual gravitas of being one of the nine Supreme Court justices that often decide major facets of how we live in this country. The hearing on the Biden OSHA mandate for either mandatory vaccinations of workplaces of hundred people or more or mandatory weekly testing and wearing of masks. If you're not, was so depressing to hear the hard left contingent of the court, Breyer, Kagan, Sotomayor, spew more COVID misinformation in the matter of two hours than your aunt has done on Facebook for the last two years. Sotomayor, there's 100,000 kids in the ICU. Ah! 5,000 is about the number nationwide. Breyer, there were 750 million infections just the other day. Ah, I meant thousand, except I didn't say thousand. I said million. Sotomayor said, "What about a machine that's flying sparks in a workplace? Why is why is that not like a human who's spewing a virus or blood-borne viruses? What?" You're a Supreme Court Justice, and you just asked what's the difference between a machine and a human being from a legal perspective. This has to be explained to a lightweight like that? Wow. Never mind the fact that, of course, coronavirus is not bloodborne anyway. Spewing a virus. Breyer, he must be scared of his shadow arguing that it should be acceptable basically for OSHA to adopt regulations that will drive workers out of the workplace because, hey, some people might quit rather than work with, as he put it, quote, unvaccinated others. Others, said the Supreme Court justice. What was really sad was that there was no pushback from the uh, attorneys general that were arguing the case on behalf of, keeping the stay in place of this regulation for team reality. No pushback saying, nah, you know, I think your numbers are wrong there. Uh, Madam justice, if I may, with all due respect, if it pleases the court, not that I think it would matter. And I'm not sure what the protocol is, but you would think that someone would want to read into the record. The fact that they were full of shit, they were completely wrong on so many key things. And besides, it's not even what they're being asked to evaluate. They're literally just being asked, is this under the scope of the of OSHA? That's it. Not whether or not, oh God, is it bad? And who will it work? And what do you think? And do masks work? None of their fucking business. It's about, is it legal? <laughs> What's the difference between a machine and a human? Holy shit. Of course, some people did push back strong, but, Did the CDC jump in and go, oh, actually, that's not the case? Of course not. They're on Team Virus. They're on Team Donkey now. They've always been that way. You can imagine if Trump was still president and this same kind of case came up and Trump's lawyers spewed things that were way off from a factual standpoint, you know the CDC wouldn't sit quiet, but of course, they want Biden to get this win. He needs any win he can. Oh, and then there was this. Two of the lawyers that argued against the vaccine mandate tested positive for COVID that day. Oh, the irony. As the pandemic continues to explode in terms of cases, people going to ERs asking for tests, they have no symptoms whatsoever. People's brains are broken. How so? A Texas teacher accused of putting her COVID-19 positive son in the trunk of her car to prevent being exposed to the virus. She rolled up to a testing center in Harris County in Texas, and out of the trunk comes her kid, 13-year-old boy. And the people there at least had the good sense to call the police like, what the fuck are you doing? And the woman is a high school English teacher. She has been placed on administrative leave after her arrest for child endangerment for putting her kid in the trunk. Teacher. Brains broken. You may have heard of this term, mass formation psychosis. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who was on Rogan, talked about it in reference to how, how can society get so universally fucked in the head? And it's not universal. There's plenty of us on team reality, but... The question was basically, how can this happen? He said, I don't know if this is true or not, I'm not a historian, he said that Germany, prior to the rise of Hitler, was a very educated and pretty savvy country for the most part that just got taken along for that evil ride. And that was an example of mass formation psychosis. Now the Associated Press, because that term is trending, has come out with a fact check on it saying, well, there's no such thing. Experts say there's no such thing as mass formation Psychosis. I don't know if there is a technical thing, if uh, it's actually been defined or not defined. All I know is that teachers are putting their own kids in the trunk of their car to avoid the row. Whatever you want to call that, broken. Right now, China cannot possibly believe how amazingly well this has gone for them. In the global game of politics, they cannot, they're pinching themselves blue at seeing what is going on in the supposedly free, supposedly liberal, supposedly enlightened, and supposedly educated West all over the place. Some worse than others. Oh, and I guess uh, Novak Djokovic is still in lockdown on Coronavirus Island in Australia. Bonkers. Bonkers, is what I say. Couple emails. Luke Breslin says, Zabe, you got the story backwards regarding Jeff Ireland and Dez Bryant. Ireland asked about the dad's first job. Pimp was the answer. When he asked about Dez's mom, Dez said, well, she works for my dad. Then Ireland said, well, was your mom a prostitute? Which was a logical thing. No, she was a bookkeeper. How dare you ask that? She was a bookkeeper for the prostitution... Business. P.S. Don't you hate when listeners do shit like this? Ha ha. Luke from the three three seven. No, Luke, I don't hate it at all. I I love it. I appreciate it. I want people to get my story straight. I need to. Then there's this from Martin Schrader Steed. Just a side note from one of your indie cub reporters, longtime one percenter. Listen to the podcast last week. On the Gary Brackett comments, he had to sell his Super Bowl ring. I'm sorry to say you only have a portion of the story, though. I barely know Brackett, but I know a lot of the guys he played with. So I ordered that for a while. Gary was pretty smart and entrepreneurial. After ending his career, he embarked upon his next chapter, starting and running a series of restaurants that were actually pretty well-received and popular. What happened? Well, unlike a lot of his colleagues that blew their money on cars, hookers, blow, family kids, houses, you name it, he got choked out by COVID. He did his best, treated his people as best he could, but he just couldn't make it to the other side. Has happened to a lot of people, but he's an easy target since he's an ex-NFL player. Thank you. uh, Regards, Martin Schrader. Good to know. Sorry to hear about Gary Brackett. Okay, Rams and Niners are now knotted at 17 apiece. The Rams had raced out to a 17-0 lead. Jimmy Garoppolo left the game because his hand was all jacked up. And now we're headed towards an Alcoa fantastic finish. I do apologize that the results of this game were not included in today's cast, but I hope you were entertained nonetheless. Check your local listings, of course, for what happened in those games and others. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, everybody. Enjoy the national championship game, and we will see you tomorrow.
0: Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.